has to undergo a lot of bureaucracies and uh, uh, it becomes like a bit questionable uh, and you feel that you really have to make an effort that's why i studied here again to try and fit make myself fit in the society and do you fit in better now well not really because again there are other challenges that come with it uh, you find that you need this type of document they will need like your home affairs your other you know every department will want some other document for you to be employed and that has been the challenge so a lot of bureaucracy yes how would you would you like to go back to the drc well i i would prefer to go there if there was peace but up until now there haven't been uh, really uh, peace you did say just now that in the beginning it was very difficult you weren't accepted by other south africans but um as things have changed over the years have you made some friends here have you made a social circle of friends people you can go and visit yes i i i, go, I got quiet because i'm i'm a church goer and you know in church always uh, mm. you'll easily find some people who will really not behave badly toward you and uh, it's been good to some although it is bad to some others but it is good to many but uh, normally i always say um to me like rejection comes from i i experience it much from the government side mm. rather than, than from the, south africans than south african people themselves i really understand that refugees are not a threat and that was Darius Kikomba who's a former refugee in South Africa. So for more on this we are now joined on the line by operations manager of the NGO coordinating body of refugees and migrant communities uh, Balzolakio Swamba. Um Balzolakio good afternoon and I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Yes, uh, good afternoon to everyone. My name is Basilas Tromba. I'm an uh, operation manager at the Coordinating Body of Refugees and Migrants. It's correct. You pronounce correctly my name. It's fine. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on Update at Noon. Uh, can I just first start by asking whether you have any statistics in terms of exactly how many refugees there are currently in South Africa and which countries do they largely come from? Exactly, to give the statistics of South Africa, as uh, it is difficult because uh, going through the literature of migration in South Africa, we don't know how many refugees are in South Africa, how many of them are refugees, uh, asylum seeker or refugees. It is very difficult. But at least, but uh, anyway, we know that we have a number, a big number of coming from Zimbabwe. Uh, it can be the first country of uh, having refugees and migrants of Africa, as well as uh, people from uh, Somalia and Congolese. I mean, those three countries are showing that we have a number of refugees and migrants of Africa. And, not- and, and Nigerians mm-hmm. who are economic migrants, most of them, because they don't have uh, papers, uh, let's say asylum seekers, but they are economic migrants. So number is very difficult to say how many they are in South Africa. And how easy or difficult is it to actually attain refugee status in terms of South African law? Sorry, come again? I'm asking how difficult is it or how easy, perhaps, uh, is it to attain refugee status in terms of South African law? In terms of South African law, you know that uh, migration law is changing each and every year. 
the policy is changing. The problem is that uh, it, it, is says, it says that uh, after six months of uh, claiming for asylum seeker, they need to give you what they call is Section 22, where the people are calling asylum seeker. But it may come that it, it happens that on the ground that we have people with uh, 20 years, 10 years, they are still asylum seekers in South Africa. So it is difficult for asylum, for, 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 for only for asylum. And for being a, a refugee, it means that if you accept it by your claim, through your claim, you to be, to be uh, accepted as a refugee, it is very difficult because some of the claims are rejecting. It is not easy for... People are coming to South Africa claiming for refugees to be to be accepted as a refugee in South Africa. These these issues are showing that it is not easy for being uh, 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 accepting as a refugee in South Africa. So, what would you say are the reasons why it is difficult? The the, the reason uh, it is, I may raise that. The reason, because if you go through officials of Oma phase, some of the claims are rejecting because it's a, a willingness of the refugee status determination officer. Because you can claim your claim can be correct, but according to you, the official is going to tell you that the claim that you are telling me doesn't stand for you to be a refugee in South Africa. And they can say also that where what what, what you, you you are saying i don't i don't i don't trust it but it, it's also the problem of that the corruption at the department of omafes that's why the problem that is going through because somebody can say that maybe he he comes at the in front of a refugee determination officer with a claim which stand but officer is going to tell him that how much do, do you have to give me so that I can maybe give you a refugee status. And tell I mean, me, that corruption also is involved in uh, in uh, having refugee status in South Africa. Well, we hear a lot of that. And 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 what do refugees do in that instance? Do they actually comply uh, with the uh, request for bribes, or what do they do? But the problem is that what the refugees are doing, we have to do with the you know uh, uh, power, language of power. A refugee is looking for a paper, and uh, once it cannot be like coming today, coming tomorrow, pay transport from I mean from Jobeg or from wherever to go to to the the refugee reception officer, it's going to get tired. So it's weak. So the power of uh, of, of having a paper maybe from the better bribe accept the, the, to bribe and to have a paper. You see, they do comply with uh, what the uh, refugee determination officer is asking because you need a purpose that can be released. And, and, and whilst I understand that sort of desperation, uh, do you then not understand how this exacerbates the problem? It perpetuates uh, this uh, system of bribery that has become endemic. Sorry, come again. I'm saying when people pay those bribes, when refugees actually pay those bribes, and whilst one understands the frustration, it doesn't really help their situation in the long run because if some people pay it, then everybody will be expected to pay the bribe. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the bribe doesn't say the name and the type. You hear only people saying that, 
I receive, you can say you approach one of the one of the refugees going to tell that when I was there, I was doing the interview, this is what I paid. And it's going to tell you exactly. But most of the claims that I receive in the office, people are coming with such claims, but they know, we do inform them that it is for free, the paper. But you can tell a refugee it is for free. But while he's in the need of a paper, he said that the officer of the determination officer told me, asked me about money. I don't have any choice. I have to bribe him so that I can have it. So they bribe, they have paper. Though it is, we, we do as a, 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 a community organization for refugees, we do the thing. don't bribe, don't accept to give the bribe. But they do give the bribe because they are very weak. Just the a final ship. question. Just a final question um, about Zalaglakio. Uh, we know that xenophobia is a problem, but how is this impacting on uh, refugees? Yeah, you know, xenophobia is uh, an issue in South Africa. Most of them, for people who are coming from outside, I mean, asylum seeking refugees. But can I say that uh, refugee? Uh, let's say, yeah, it 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 was. Uh, institutionalized in South Africa. Let me explain to you a little bit. It is written on the refugee status that you may work and study, but you can go to a a company, they say that you can't have a job here and find a South African to work first before you work. Though you have, uh, uh, it is written on your paper that you may work and study. You see, and that time, you don't have a choice. It is a kind of xenophobia that is around. And what is happening? This is only one example that I'm giving. But another example is what? During September and December in South Africa, people were traveling with the taxis. And you can say that they can ask you. You don't know somebody asking you, are you from outside? Say yes. When are you going back to your country? This is the question they do ask around December, October, November. They don't know. Who is a refugee? They don't know who is an asylum seeker in, in, in South Africa. It's a kind of xenophobia. You see, it's a kind of xenophobia. And you can be maybe you are, you are in the taxi and the taxi driver is telling, in speaking to you in, in, in the language, in one of South African languages with you, which, that you don't understand. You know, and it's scarcity for some of uh, us, uh, I mean, asylum seeker and refugees. It's a kind of uh, xenophobia. Xenophobia is everywhere and every day, if I can say, according to the claim that people are coming. Because if you go to the, in, in, the, in the hospital, to the clinic, and they'll be asking you questions, they know that it is written maybe on the paper that you are from outside, but you have to answer to Kunjani, Apila, and etc., etc. If it's answer, then they can stay you a while in the queue for long. It's a kind of xenophobia somehow. Well, uh, Balzolakio Swamba, thanks so much uh, for giving us those insights. And he is, of course, operations manager of the NGO CBRMC. And uh, we're going to delve more into this. But uh, let's also just cross over to our reporter, Jermaine Kricher, who is at the Lindela Repatriation Center in Krugersdorp on Gauteng's West Rand. Jermaine, good afternoon. 
Good afternoon. So um, on World Refugee Day, I just feel like sometimes we do the same things over and over. But um, with regard to the Lindela Repatriation Centre, a lot has been said. A lot of reports have been uh, put out about this particular centre. Uh, is it business as usual on World Refugee Day? So I'm standing here with a number of organizations um, who decided to, to occupy the road to to the center um, on World Refugee Day. These organizations include staff through lawyers for human rights, consortium for refugee and migrants of South Africa, Doctors Without Borders, a treatment action campaign. So there are some big names in the civil society um, here. And at, at the Mandela Repatriation Center, and if they're to be believed, this is a detention center and not a repatriation centre. A lot of concerns being discussed about the happenings here. Um, for instance, the fact that, that um, refugees and migrants are held for illegally for more than 120 days, which is stipulated by law that they're allowed to be held. Um, another concern that, that the centre is away from the public eye, um, just a couple of hundred metres from the main road, but all you can see between the mine dumps um, you know, are, are the grey roofs of these high brick walls with no markings, no indication that the centre is actually here with these organisations saying that this is a way to keep refugee and migrant rights out of the spotlight, out of the public eye and out of mind. So one would imagine then, Jermaine, that uh, the authorities are aware of this. So what is being done? Apparently, according to these organisations, not enough. Today, Médecins Sans Frontières did announce that they have lodged a formal complaint with the Health Ombuds and with the Office of Health um, Family Compliance about specifically the Lindela Repatriation Centre. Um, some of the issues that, that they're highlighting here is the lack of oversight of health services at Lindela, the fact that there's no TB, no HIV screening, and therefore um, a, a lot of these detainees are actually being, um, you know, not, not receiving the ARVs or the medications that they need. They also say that there's a poor implementation of kind of global accepted healthcare standards here, um, almost as if you are undocumented, you are no longer a person. They say they've also seen signs of physical abuse during some of their visits here. And, um, and they're also concerned about the toll that being detained takes on the social and mental health of these people and say that social and mental health services are also severely lacking at the centre. And uh, as uh, for today and marking World Refugee Day, is there anything else that uh, they are specifically focusing on today to highlight this plight, Jermaine? I think one of the very strong messages that came across is that our country's constitution was not a generous gift that was bestowed upon South Africans by politicians. It was hard fought for and hard won, and it was built very often on the blood of migrant workers. Our constitution also does not only afford rights to South Africans, but to South Africa and all who live in it, um, which includes both documented and undocumented refugees, migrants, um, and, and I think this is, this is a message that they're trying to get across. They say, as we celebrate 20 years of the Refugee Act that came into play in 1998, this is supposed to be a celebration and a commemoration. But instead, it's a day of awareness and a day of protest against the human rights violations still taking place.